0: can't help but be positive. As long as this group will always understand that we'll play for each other first and foremost, the most important guy on the field is to your left and to your right. If we can get that going, we're going to do some good things. I think a good coordinator does what's best for his players. I, I think a lot of guys will have scheme that they, they, they understand and they, they have familiarity with as coordinators. But if it doesn't fit the player, then, then how good is the scheme, really? So a good coordinator will often take the strengths of the players that he has uh, play to their strengths while at the same time being able to protect them from their weaknesses. You know I think running the football in this league wins games, wins championships, being able to do that late into the season. Quarterback play is a big part of what I believe in. Putting him in a, a position to be successful and you know if you can make that guy be successful oftentimes your offense is successful. Teams that that are close and that, that are connected, connected is a big word that I'll use, the connectivity, those teams always play better. Getting to know these guys, getting to love these guys as as players and people, I think will all make us better in the long run.
2: If you are unfamiliar with that voice, get familiarized, if you will. That is the voice of Alex Van Pelt, the new offensive coordinator for your New England Patriots. His was one of three Instagram friendly videos released this week, speaking to someone in the team off camera, getting your firsthand opportunity to hear from them, some of their philosophical beliefs, and what drives their football coaching engines. There, of course, was one with Demarcus Covington, and, of course, one with Jeremy Springer, the new special teams coordinator as well. This is Fitzy and Hart here on Boston Sports Original WEEI with you till 6 p.m. Your thoughts, your calls at 617-779-7937. Andy, it appears and of course, if you'd like to read a little bit on this and more, thoughts are expanded at weei.com with the excellent workings of our beat writer Mike Cadlick, who was on earlier today with Reverend Christian Arcand and each and every week even in the off season, most especially during the off season, the first place you need to go to get all things Patriots, is WEI.com with Andy Hart's Sunday 7. Now, Andy, you said you'd prefer, rather you wanted to eschew talking dynasty uh, for a few moments here so we could catch up on the coordinators, the coaching staff, and a little bit of nepotism in the halls in Foxborough. It seems as though most people are now moving past the idea of, well, it seems like they're going with a really high floor, low ceiling Familiar and friendly coaching staff, and kind of just getting into the idea that hey, yeah, this Elliot Wolf guy. I read a nice piece by uh, for, that Chris Price did in the Boston Globe about Elliot Wolf talking to people familiar with his operations and/or including his dad. Yes, I understand. Gee whiz, his dad had nice things to say about him. What a shocker! Uh, but it seems like people are kind of getting on board with this new coaching staff. Seems it's very functional, very cooperative, very collaborative so far. As Gerard Mayo made a point of saying to us in what I like to refer to as the Thunder Buddies presser a couple of weeks back. So where are you right now with the announcements that they've made with uh, Tyquan Underwood, assistant wide receivers coach, Wilkins as the new outside linebackers coach? Uh, a staff is assembled. A direction seems to have been selected. How you feeling about all this? Um, I'm fine with it. I mean, you
1: needed a new staff. Gerard, as Bill O'Brien said, deserved the right to pick his own staff. And... He and Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh and company are putting that together. I I don't see anything that overly excites me. You've kept the defensive core uh, together. I like Demarcus Covington. I think he's mm-hmm. a rising young coach. You know, I have some uh, trepidation about the offensive staff. And even in the words we just heard coming back from break, um, it's great in theory to say you're gonna good coordinator, which he's never really been. Uh, but he knows what a good coordinator is. He's been around football a long time. Builds his offense and his scheme and his plan around his players. So you're telling me that Alex Van Pelt won't be able to build his offense until around May sometimes? Because the bulk of his players aren't here, right? Like, he doesn't have a quarterback or quarterbacks, tight end or tight ends, wide receivers to build around. Like, I'm hopeful that the bulk of the Patriots' 2024 offense is unsigned or undrafted at this point. And... That makes me wonder what exactly, and I and I, I, know some people got like, um, they were a little uh, pushed off or put off by the, well, you run the ball, to, that's such an archaic thought. A, I don't think it is. I think the 49ers and the Dolphins and some of these quote-unquote modern offenses actually start with the running game, and the passing game is an offshoot mm-hmm. of it. Um, but also, I think he pointed to the running game because one of the only players he has on the roster that he has any faith in, I'm guessing, is somebody by the name of Ramondre Stevenson. So, yeah, I'd be playing up the run game, too, because that's all I got right now.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I remember when that audio was released a couple days ago, Keith played it on the nighttime program and said that he was none too pleased with it because he was afraid of the run game and a, a coordinator announcing early on. And we don't know to what degree Alex Van Pelt will have the liberty the freedom the comfort to call whatever plays he wants if someone else will be in I don't, we don't know anything yet uh, We just know that he is Entitled right now the offensive coordinator of the 2024 New England Patriots guy played in the league The guy's been around for a long time. He's worked with a whole bunch of teams Everyone seems to have something very nice to say about him as a person. That's great a lot of people have nice things to say about both of us maybe me a few more times than you whatever that's fine i know you're not for everybody we must, but you must but, be in different circles <laughs> but um you know but that doesn't qualify us to be an offensive coordinator of football team he, he seems qualified obviously given his recent track record and experience um you know but saying like saying like yeah we're gonna you know i believe running the football wins games i mean that's this is nothing new. It's not like he's breaking ground on something that people have never heard of before. And I don't think you're basically exposing the offense or exposing the lack of talent. Yeah, you've got a really good running back in Ramondre Stevenson. you got a bunch of... You're going to obviously rebuild the offensive line in the offseason. So getting back to square one, I don't even know what the hell the offense was the last couple of years, to be completely honest. Gerard Mayo made a point of saying we're still going to be a game plan attack. At no point has anyone said, we're a West Coast team now. Or we're gonna do it McVeigh style, or it's a Shanahan. No, they just we're gonna be game plan. Van Pelt does things a little west coasty, mm-hmm. or so I've seen and so I've been told. But otherwise, the hell's wrong with like pushing people around, chewing up clock, running the ball, and you know, winning winning football games the old fashioned way. And what better way to set up a passing game, even in the modern era of chucking it all over the yard with weird wonky formations? than having a good run game to set up the pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think people have watched the Dolphins play if they think the Dolphins just throw the ball because the Dolphins 49ers offense is run heavy, is run for... Now, I know you're not going to have Christian McCaffrey. I understand that, but you have a pretty good running back, a lead dog. I will say if they're looking to run the ball, they sure as heck better add some depth to the backfield because right now you got a whole lot of... Like you got a whole lot of Ramondre Stevenson, and that's a whole heck of a lot it. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, probably going to move on. If he doesn't want to, I'd be happy to have him back. Uh, but last year, they were fortunate when Ramondre went down that Elliott was able to take over. So if you're looking to be a run-first team, then you're probably looking to add multiple running backs in either the draft or the uh, or the uh, free agency waters this offseason. But um, it's fine. I mean, all of this right now is simply talk, right? Like, this is... <laughs> You know, I wrote the column the other day. This is politicians leading up to elections. They say just enough to entice their followers, but not enough to alienate the people that might be on the fence and who aren't sure yet. Mm -hmm. Talk is cheap, right? We're going to find out in August, September, October what he does, what kind of offense he does. So these are fine. I mean, they are what they are. They're promotional PR videos on Patriots.com.
2: Now, as far as what kind of general manager Elliot Wolf is going to make, so we got our coordinators now. Covington saying all the right things. People like him. He's been with the organization seven years, finally getting his break. Steve is gone. Adios, Steve Belichick. Brian Belichick, uh, interestingly enough, remains as the safeties coach. Got a couple other holdovers as well, but fare thee well to the other Belichick. Uh, Jeremy Springer comes in, hey, you're not Cam Accord, that's fine in the face of a lot of Patriots fans, even if the Rams special teams were kind of crappy last year themselves. Uh, but in reading, like I said earlier, a piece that Chris Price put together in the Boston Globe, uh, it seems like the general idea, you know, lots of good things were said by Bill Belichick back in 2020 of Elliot Wolf as well, and in speaking to other people like former coach Mike Sherman with Green Bay as well as his father Ron Wolf and others it seems like the predominant the, the thinking in, in their draft room and on draft night was always don't overthink it just take best player available as opposed to reaching for needs or you know jumping up to get somebody that you fallen like unless there's somebody that is a you can't believe is still there and that would kind of play in line with the whole idea of taking best available don't overthink it. how do you, how do you feel about the idea? now that Wolf has assembled this coaching staff that is very Green Bay and Cleveland familiar, those are the two stops prior to him hooking up with the Patriots a few years ago and now taking over, though not announced in title as general manager. How do you feel about the idea that we may actually see a draft where they don't overthink it, Andy, and it's just going to be best avail, best avail, Yahoo, auto draft, we love this guy, best avail? Could not
1: love it anymore. Um at, In the best of times for Bill Belichick, I think sometimes his overthinking it brought great value and opportunity and all you know good things and i think in the worst of times his overthinking it screwed the pooch and left them with some bad drafts and some bad rosters and that was part of it and you're at the point now where you don't overthink it like keep it simple stupid and elliot wolf by the way has the resume I have no problem with the uh, promotion ascension of Elliot Wolf in this process. They're all in jobs they haven't held before. That's just the reality. They're filling the vacuum, the void that was Bill Belichick wearing all the hats. And if anybody is prepared for their job or their new role with the New England Patriots, it's Elliot Wolf. He was born for this, he was bred for this, he lived this. He's been in multiple organizations which makes him more unique than say a Gerard Mayo or, or a Gro like there's a lot to like about Elliot Wolf's resume. And then when you hear things like that, whether they're true or not, we'll, we'll have to judge his actions, not his descriptions and words. But I think that's what this team needs. And, you know, I've joked to you, just stay at three, put it on auto-draft quarterback, and let it take the best quarterback available when it falls to three. Then in the second round, maybe set it on auto-draft tackle and take the best tackle that's there at 34. And then third round, Auto draft wide receiver, the best wide receiver for my team, and let it draft. Like I think a draft like that could be very simple, could be very effective, and might be the right path.
2: I have gone on the record here on our radio station, and so because I said it, uh, you know, as the oftentimes lone inhabitant of unpopular take Island, I'll own it. I'll wear the dress. I don't care. Uh, it's fine by me. I'll walk in the uncomfortable shoes. I said that I think the Patriots are going to trade back. Because they're going to get an offer they can't refuse and they have too many positions of need. And if they don't absolutely go over the moon for one of these quarterbacks, they're going to try to stack and rack some value, get some more talent in the room. And then we'll see how they address it via the draft, via veteran and free agency and beyond. But this should be it. This may be a hand tipper right here again from the Boston Globe. uh, Chris Price speaking with Ron Wolf. quote, when it comes to this draft in the Patriots, I also understand this. You can't go anywhere these days without someone taking that snap from center. That's the most important position in the game. What are you going to do? Take a wide receiver? Ron Wolf said you have to have someone throw him the ball.
1: What are you going to take, Marvin Harrison Jr.? <laughs> well, actually,
2: Rich Keith actually really likes that idea. Yeah. So Ron Wolf and Rich Keith not not the not best fans. of friends at this point. Nope. I mean, I think that's very telling. That's like like I, you know, my son is gonna he's gonna run his own team. He's gonna do things his own way, but. Seriously, you need a quarterback. You don't have one now. What are you going to do? So, you know, we'll see. So start everyone start breaking down your uh, Drake May and your Jaden Daniels tapes and becoming familiar. We've got two months to figure out which of those two guys is more likely than not the new quarterback of the New England Patriots. When they play, if they start, if they're going to be given the keys to the fancy Foxborough Cadillac day one, which I doubt we'll see about that as well. Patriots fans, what do you want to see your team do? Do they need a quarterback first overall at pick number three for you to take them seriously? Or do you have another plan? And would you be okay with a trade back? We welcome your calls at 617-779-7937. We'll keep the Pats talk rolling. We'll review the first two episodes of the Dynasty. I will try not to break the Apple-mandated embargo and tell you too much more about the episodes to come thereafter as well. We're with you till 6. This is Zach Co. He's got trending sports news.
0: WEI. We are right back to Fitzy and Hart.
3: Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
2: Coordinating the new Patriots coaching and coordinator talk. Free agency, ahoy. The NFL draft just two months away. And this Tuesday, Patriots fans as we try to keep the calendar updated and make sure you are aware and abreast and alert to all things New England Patriots each and every day of the year because that's how the Six Rings guys, Pitsy and Hart, do it for you here. Tuesday, it's tagging time, Andy Hart. We are days away from teams having the window opened up in which they are able to place franchise tags on particular players. Now, there are several key priority, or just plain unrestricted free agents on the current New England Patriots roster. I'm just going to throw a couple names out there. You can either power rank them or prioritize what you believe to be the pecking order of their tag ability, or just tell me, uh-uh, I ain't tagging any of them, uh, and we'll just move merrily along a few weeks later into free agency. You've got Anthony Jennings, Josh Uche, Mike Owenu, and Kyle Duggar. Uh, wait, you left one off. Who's that? Hunter Henry. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I had kind of. I guess I had almost sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. And, and hold on, and, Zach, just cut this part out for the podcast. Kidding. <laughs> and Hunter Henry, because Hunter Henry,
1: even though it's a a big number, because you got to give him a twenty five percent raise over what he was making, because he was the highest paid tight end or in the top five, whatever the hell it is, the rule.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he was already making a lot of money.
1: Yeah. But I don't really necessarily – I'm not in the room with him. I don't know what the negotiations are. He's making $12.5 million a year. I'm guessing he wants a raise over that. I don't know that I want to give him a long-term deal like, you know, three years at $15 million. Do I want to do 3 and 45 Would I rather Ooh, do $1 and 18 Jeez,
0: that's a lot um, of money.
1: Yeah, it is. So I-, I would be open to tagging him to keep him around because the cupboard is bare at tight end it's not a great tight end draft unless you take Brock Bowers at number 3 overall which i would not want them to do um so i i think you may need to consider tagging him i the the Mike on Wenu, i want to sign him i don't i might tag him with the idea of signing him
2: i guess little tag, and, little tag and stash little tag and sign
1: yeah but i'm not really looking to just pay him 19 million dollars for a one-year deal if i'm if i pay him 19 million dollars i want it to be like part of the signing bonus on the five-year 80 million dollar deal i signed with him to be my right tackle or worst case scenario one of my guards for the next five years so i think the only guy i mean i guess i'd consider duggar but again to what end if you pay him 16 plus million dollars
2: for one year the jesse bates because that and just folks for the top of the market last year was jesse bates Uh, Pro Bowl caliber tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. Signed a four-year, $64 million deal with the Atlanta Falcons last offseason. And I would say they probably got pretty good ROI on it. They're happy with the dividends. He definitely shored up the back end of their defense. He's great. Do we think Duggar's on his level, Andy? I don't. Um,
1: I think Duggar's a good, not great safety. I think he's a bit of a liability in coverage at times. And I think there's too much um, overlap or replication in the – defensive backfield you have Jabril Peppers who we all i think really have grown to to like a lot back there um hmm. you drafted Marte Mapu to be again i mean i guess who knows what he's going to eventually be but he's definitely a bigger linebacker type safety we've seen him have some issues in coverage so i don't i mean it seems like you kind of prepared for life after Duggar. and we've also you and i have talked about this if you resign Mike Onwenu and resign Kyle Duggar, Well, you're spending a lot of money. Those are two pretty hefty contracts that eat away at that $80 million and cap cash burning money. You know, I don't know how great people would feel if you're just bringing back a couple guys that were part of this team that sucked and earned you the number three overall pick last year. So I don't know. I I think I would probably walk away from Duggar. I think I would sign on Wenu, and I would consider, I don't love it, but I'd consider tagging Hunter Henry tag sign walk you'd
2: consider hunter Henry I would you would I'd probably consider walk on away from too. I'd, I'd I, consider
1: see, I, on Wenu, but I, I, in a in a tag and sign kind of situation um I don't really want him playing out the tender this year and he probably doesn't want to either he probably wants a long-term deal again though we don't know probably his last big deal Andy yeah we don't know the conversations that have been had with any of these players right like Matt grow has to have some sort of a feel as to how these guys feel, what they want to be back, what the price is, blah, blah, blah. You
2: know, we're just looking at it sort of hypothetically and blindly here from afar. Well, you couldn't really sign anyone because the team, the organization was hamstrung because they were trying to get their front office in order. Now we have But it's all the same people. I know, but they're the ones who probably, like you couldn't sign anyone in season because you weren't sure what you were going to do about the coach, although people told us well before the end of the season they knew what they were going to do about the coach and they kind of did exactly what we heard. To many people's chagrin and disbelief. And now you've got your whole front office in order, it seems. Now it's time that you probably start locking some people up. I think you can't let Owenu get away because you have no tackles on the roster next year as well. I would love I'd like to keep Duggar at the right price, but I really, really, really want a free safety, I think, more than I want another strong safety as well yep. on the roster. And it feels like with Peppers and with Mapu, you kind of have the hard hitting box safety thing on lock. They need a better free safety. Jalen um, Mills is probably like, "How did I do last year?" And It's like, okay, fine, but eh, we could probably improve on that part a little bit. And Miles I don't know. Bryant, I don't know, but I don't know how Mayo feels and Covington feel about him as compared to Belichick, though.
1: Well, he's also not young. I mean, he's right. not. It's it's not necessarily a long term solution. If you're starting to talk about multi year plans, I'm not sure how great you feel about Jalen Mills being your free safety for the next two years, three years, whatever it may be. So. That's a position where you know, post Devin McCordy, you kind of tiptoed through it last year with Mills and Mapu and um, Miles Bryant getting some mm-hmm. reps in the back. Like, don't be I'd, surprised if he gets if he actually
2: watch him be the first guy resigned, Andy.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't stun me. And he's the type of guy you can get on a team friendly deal. He likes it here. They want him here. Blah blah blah. Continuity. You're not going to break the bank there, and you need those guys. That's how you fill out. Uh, the depth of a roster um, is is to keep some of those guys around. You know, the Jennings, the Anthony Jennings that I'm an advocate for, of trying same, to do a same, deal same. early. He's a guy that, so now we've kind of transitioned away from the tag portion, which starts on Tuesday, goes through March 5th, and now I think you're also in this period before free agency of, can I get some of my own guys at good team-friendly prices? Anthony Jennings, Miles Bryant, Jalen Rager, um, who else? Uh, Kendrick they're, all pretty,
2: they're all pretty good. Fo- Kendrick Bourne. Yes, these are all pretty good football players. Yeah. And you're giving yourself, again, a floor of familiarity, of comfort, and the upside as well with these guys as well. Now, before you get into 16, 18, 20, I don't even know what Michael Wendt is going to cost because if Juwan Taylor is top of the market at $20 million and you tag him, holy hell, what is that going to cost you? Might be worth it. You may have to overpay just because what are you going to do, go in the season and try to shift a co- another couple of guards out to the tackle spot and hope that that pans out for you? You've already played that game. It was pretty risky. It worked out. Uh, it, it's just, you know, it's, and it's not even the greatest tackle market. Now, if so they go stinks. out and they're just like, I'll take Tyron Smith, great, fine. You want to overpay for Dallas's big guy, great. Yeah, but he's old. Do I want an yeah, old
1: guy? For, like
2: For a couple of years, if you can draft and develop someone behind him, I'd take him. But maybe you just want to... You need a left tackle, Andy. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna draft one in the second round, and he's gonna start. Jim Nagy told me it was a very palatable plan, that it was very
2: realistic. And that's the other thing is That's all true. Of- he did say this was a big uh, this was a deep draft for building a new offensive line, correct? He just scared the hell out of me there. This is a big day. I was like, where's where he going? Well, with this? it's not that um, kind of show, at least not till after <laughs> six.
1: Uh also in this planning, I think you have to acknowledge what you're doing at the quarterback position, and if you are taking a quarterback, if that's the plan, as you sort of alluded to, Ron Wolf has alluded to, Gerard Mayo may have alluded to, depending on how you read some of his words and comments. Every Pats fan is hoping and praying for. Me too, absolutely. I saw PFF, latest mock draft, Jaden Daniels to the Patriots. I love it. Sign me up. Um, I think you need to invest in the tackle position. Like, we've talked about coordinators can ruin quarterbacks and scheme changes can ruin quarterbacks bad offensive lines and bad tackles in particular can really do some damage to young quarterbacks that are trying to find their way so if you're taking a quarterback at three you sure as heck better have a better plan than last year on the offensive line you know your bum fight your hobo fight or whatever you hobo rubble no no no. we're not doing that we're not doing that with a rookie and ruining a rookie again and going down the recycling franchise quarterback first round draft pick road if you're going to invest in a quarterback at three then you sure as heck better invest in around him and that means the tackle position uh
2: looking right here at pff's rankings uh the number one tackle on the market is tyron smith from the dallas cowboys 14th ranked overall for them uh he's probably going to get paid a lot of money and if the patriots go out and grab the best available free agent tackle on the market and say here's a pile of american cash for you to come finish your career with the Patriots, I would be all for it, fine with it, because they'd be taking a deficiency of recent year seriously and getting the funk of Trent Brown and the disarray of the middle of the line and the health issues that have dogged them there for years, making up for letting guys like Ted Karras go and just bringing in somebody who was really good at their job and taking it seriously. I think that would be amazing. By the way, the next two on that list, Trenton Brown, the overall number 22 free agent, uh i think you know who this guy is and michael wenu right behind him as well so pretty interesting callers i'm coming to you in a second but first andy i want to share this with the people listening with the callers on hold yourself everybody this was a little piece of audio i picked up i believe it was from a podcast um everyone's doing a podcast and talking somewhere these days uh this was matt judon uh talking about what he would like to see it was on the fourth and one show okay oh wait a second is that that's that's with cam newton okay so he was on with cam newton on the fourth and one show and cam newton asked him what he wanted to see because of course matthew judon is back on the assistant general manager trail trying to recruit everyone from marlon humphrey to uh, who else was he recruiting the other day andy all I saw was Marlon Humphrey. There oh, him. no, he's trying to get Joe Mixon and Marlon Humphrey to sign if they get released with the Patriots. So he's been out there doing his assistant GM duties as well. Here is, uh, if you could cue this one up for us, Zach, this is Matt Judon on the 4th and 1 show talking about what he wants to see the Patriots do with the number three overall pick. Who are you going with? I'm going to say best available, but I'll go
1: Jaden. It's, uh... If it's if he there, I take him. He won Heisman. He you you can see the arm talent. You can see the leg talent. I feel like you have to have a mobile quarterback now uh, in today's game when stuff break down then for him to get out of uh, sticky situations. Uh, so I'm saying if he's there, I'm taking him. Agree. There you go. There you go. Hundred said- percent, and that's what Pro Football Focus is uh, projecting now. Um, I talked to—I don't know if I've talked to you about this yet—but did a little bit deeper dive on the quarterbacks last week, and I did. I um, heard
2: you talk about it on the Rich Keefe show. Yes. Yeah,
1: I'm quite comfortable with all three of them uh, at number three now. I do think there's a drop off Mm -hmm. after that, and I have uh, reconfigured my top three to go: Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, in that order. Um, So if (sighs) I can get happen, Andy, I love it.
2: He's going to jump, he's going to run a 435 at the freaking combine, throw the ball 75 yards into a bucket and then jump through the roof and he's going to shoot past Drake May and there's no chance the Pats will get him and then we're all going to be crushed.
1: I'll take Drake May too. I'm fine with Drake May. I, I think know. Have you heard my comps? I mean, I'm 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 playing the positive uh pre-draft analysis here, but so I can get the next Patrick Mahomes okay. in Caleb Williams, I can get the next Lamar Jackson in Jaden Daniels, or I can get the next Josh Allen in Drake May. I'll take any of the above because it means I'm going to be in, you know, have one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC.
2: All right, what do you guys have to say? 617 779 We go to you, the fair listenership of W E E I. We got Rondo first up uh, in Block Island, wants to talk about the Patriots trading back. and he's not going to like this. What up, Rondo? Nope. Hey, gentlemen, how are you doing today? How are you? Thanks for calling.
4: Thank you. I have a trading back scenario. We all know the cupboard is bare right now for the Patriots. They do need a quarterback, but they also need a lot of extra help, offensive linemen, receivers, et cetera. Here's my trade back. Trade number three, maybe the number five to the Chargers. Chargers move up, they get Marvin Harrison, and then maybe at four with Arizona, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. So now you're at five, and you get an extra pick in the second round from uh, the Chargers. What do you think of
2: that? Here's the risk, Rondo. I love where you're thinking right now. You might still be able to get your Drake. Like, what if you could get May at five? I like what you're thinking. Here's the problem. Arizona now puts up, because Arizona needs offensive line help. They want wide receivers, blah, blah, blah. They now put a for sale sign up on the number four pick. So the number eight team, which is, who's eight and who's 11? Falcons. Falcons at eight and Minnesota at eleven are thinking, Yep. Wait a second, now I'd have to trade a little bit less to move up to four to get Drake May. okay. Five, May. call call Arizona. Get the Cardinals on the line. That nope, could be the problem, do it. Rondo. Don't F around and find out. So what do you think of that? All right. I not care for it. It's been fun. He gone. I guess he gone. But yeah, that's the first thing that jumped to mind. I mean, in a a pipe dream in a perfect world, his scenario could play out. But you know the Cardinals would call a couple teams and be like, well, looks like the Patriots are trying to get Drake May at five. What okay, but of- I will say, let's say um,
1: things start to happen differently. If there's two quarterbacks on the board, maybe I consider it. Maybe I move around. Maybe I play. Now, if there's two quarterbacks on the board, it means that Marvin Harrison probably not on the board, so it probably blows what, up. Someone else traded
2: up for two and got Marvin Harrison. I mean, or somebody right now- just
1: takes Marvin Harrison. Who knows? I mean, it's not I, an impossibility.
2: No, I mean anything is possible. That's what we've been told. Many times. Is uh, but I can't see Washington not grabbing a quarterback for Dan. The Dan Quinn era, Adam Peters. Well, unless what he's if, like, oh, what no, no, we're the available.
1: What if the Bears take Marvin Harrison and then the uh, yeah, Commanders it keeps take Justin Fields? Yeah, it's not impossible.
2: No, it's not. Again,
1: anything is possible. Right. Uh, so, but no, for the most part. I am not real happy with these trade down ideas, um, even if I mean, I guess some people are trying to talk themselves into Baker Mayfield could be an option at quarterback because, you know, the ties of time with Elliot was happy free
2: agency budget, though. Yeah. No,
1: I know. I, I didn't say I liked it. I okay. want to take a quarterback at three and I want his name to be Jaden Daniels.
2: I'm with Judon, but Judon's wrong a lot. <laughs> He is wrong. He's the he is the most enjoyably unsuccessful general manager in the history of football. Let's go back to the phones. Andy Clem is in the car. Clem, uh, you have an idea what the Patriots should do at number three. Do tell.
3: I do. I do. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, So I'm a big proponent of trading back for the sole reason that we need so much. Right. And I'm also a proponent of and maybe an old school way of thinking is. The game of football is one at the line of scrimmage, both controlling mm-hmm. it on the offense and defense side. Therefore, I would like to see them trade back. Maybe. Yeah, I appreciate a, God's a, step I'm, step I'm I, Oh, Clem, hold on
2: once. Clem, would you reset your take? Your phone went wonky for a minute there.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm driving back roads in New Hampshire. My bad. Um, So I want to trade back. There's a kid out of Alabama, J.C. Latham. He's a road grader of an offensive lineman. And then if we can pick up another second uh, pick, uh, second round, excuse me. Uh, I like the other kid out of Arizona. I've been scouting tackles for the last month. And um, then if you can get Malachi Corley at the end of the second round, they call him the Yak God. He's out of Western uh, Kentucky. And then uh, Xavier Leggett in the third round, big uh, wide receiver out of South Carolina. And uh, that's it, guys. I appreciate all your time. Thank you. Thank That's, you. And you know
2: what I appreciate, Andy? a, a caller, Terrible a draft listener. takes. <laughs> but at least it's who does his kidding. research and actually has a, like, he's got a take. He's, you know, he's yeah. looked into some people. He didn't look into any quarterbacks. Who's the quarterback? Because he thinks that they need to address the fundamentals first. Like, uh, you can get a... 1967 guessing, called. They want their take back. It is 2024. The quarterback prob- position wins. Our caller probably wanted... Uh, the Patriots to address quarterback for now, either via free agency or later in the draft and start winning the battles up front, the fundamentals in the trenches, the tackles
1: where the men do those man things. These dated takes drive me nuts. This is dated this takes. is what New got Pop. Shime in trouble. Scheim said the Bengals shouldn't take Joe Burrow. They needed too much. They were the worst team in football. They needed offensive line help and this and that. They took Joe Burrow, and they immediately were a really good team. Now, he got injured, and they got Jamar Chase the next year in the top five or whatever. So who's but the Joe Burrow
2: in this them. draft, then? Is it Drake May?
1: Uh, well, I'm not sure there's a Joe Burrow. Actually, I'm kind of sure there's not a, a Joe Burrow in this draft. I was sold Joe Burrow was a, a generational talent. I'm not sold that any of these guys are surefire generational talents.
3: And that's the problem. that's the part of the problem. that's
1: the risk. Yep, that makes it riskier, and I am open to that idea. I don't believe the you got to win the trenches anymore. It helps, but you have to win the quarterback position. You have to have a capable quarterback. Everything else is easier to figure out. I always go back to the uh, few years ago when the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl, it was, wow, their offensive line stinks. Yeah, they're so bad they're in the Super Bowl. When the Bengals lost, ah, their offensive line stinks. Yeah, they're so bad they're in the Super Bowl. You can win with a bad offensive line. You cannot win with a bad quarterback.
2: But the line cost the Chiefs in that Super Bowl, and then the line cost yes, the Bengals I'd love in to that be, Super Bowl.
1: absolutely, and I would love to be Champagne cost a Super Bowl stuff. win. Yeah. I, I'd much rather be cost a Super Bowl win than have the third pick in the draft. And if you build your offensive line first, or you even try to, you're the New York football giants. You suck, you suck, and you suck some more. If you have a great quarterback and a bad line, you go to the Super
0: Bowl.
2: Patriots fans, can you handle the idea of a stopgap quarterback running the show for a while or even the Patriots possibly looking to free agency for their new quarterback to guide the Alex Van Pelt offense? Or are you all in on one of the young guys? Do you want to go with Andy and Kendrick Bourne and assistant general manager Matt Judon and do everything you can to bring Jaden Daniels into one formerly Tom Brady place? 617-779-7937 is the telephone number to your Foxborough football forum Come on in. The water's plenty warm. We're going to talk a little bit more about your New England Patriots, and we'll do a little dynasty chatting. Five o'clock hour. Things are going to go completely off the rails. You're not going to want to miss it. It's Fitzy and Hard on EEI.
0: Now, we're right back to it. Fitzy and Hard on WEEI.
3: And streaming everywhere
0: on the Odyssey app.
2: letting this one breathe like the Hillman does in the morning on the radio host because you give me some good Joe Walsh on a Sunday afternoon talking football hell yeah brother that's what I'm talking about Spitzy and Hart with you here on WEI until 6pm mm, 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 mm. little Joe Walsh 617-779-7937 is your telephone number for some two-way sports talk action. We are breaking down the draft right now. We're going over free agency, franchise tags, everything else swirling around the wide world of Pats Nation. Because if you're like us and you live, eat, breathe, sleep football, then even though it's All-Star Sunday in the NBA, the Bruins hopefully will get be getting near making some trades and starting a cup run. And the Red Sox reported to spring training this week. You know what? You just can't stop talking football. We can't either, and that's why we do it six-ring style. Let's go back to the phones. Andy, we got Ray. Ray! In Revere. He's got a trade-back scenario. Uh, He doesn't think it's going to happen. Ray, talk to me. Yeah, guys,
4: um, if I were doing it, I would trade back and collect picks. But I don't think the Patriots are going to do that. I think they're going to pick a quarterback. And and I, I don't think that's the right choice. If you look at the last three drafts, eight quarterbacks were taken in the first round. In my opinion, the only keeper was C.J. Stroud. I don't think Trevor Lawrence has got it, okay? And if you went back and stacked his measurables and predictions about his greatness against these three guys coming out, he would stack ahead of them all. It's a crapshoot. And what I think has changed in the NFL in, like, the last 10 years is with this collective bargain agreement where you get five years of cost control for a first-round pick. It's created this perverse the sense is that you have to take a quarterback because you get the value. You know, there was a time when you had to pay them to go on rate when they came out, and you'd be a lot more careful about drafting the wrong guy. So in my perfect world, the Patriots go off and bring in a free agent, but I just don't see Robert Kraft giving 30 odd million to uh, a journeyman quarterback like Mayfield or Cousins. He's just not going to do it. He wouldn't pay Tom Brady. So I think he's going to go off and go get himself another scratch ticket which is what it feels like. You get these quarterbacks every three or four years. They don't pan out. You go back in and do it again. And I'd rather see them build an organization like the Ravens or the Giants or even the 49ers now where they draft well across the board. When they finally get a really good quarterback, then they're championship caliber.
3: Hey, Ray, here's
2: a question for you. Do you think a team team like Andy, you too, do you think a team like the Patriots is almost in some ways forever – Damned because they struck such gold by stealing Brady at pick 199 in the 2000 draft. Like, will the idea of, like, well, we sat back before for a quarterback, we can probably run the risk of doing it again. Do you think the great luck they had 24 years ago can kind of screw them when it comes to draft time? No.
4: I I think so because, guys, I mean, they think for some reason it was due to their um, thinking and, and their decision making when in reality, they found a unicorn at 199, the greatest ever, and I think they deluded themselves into thinking the way they were managing their roster all those years was the most prudent way. When in fact, Tom Brady covered up a lot of holes, and I, and you know they, they were last in spending for ten years. They wouldn't pay Tom Brady and muscle up when they could have won a couple more. Uh, and I think Kraft was at the middle of this, and I, I actually don't think he's capable of making the admission that you just articulated. I don't think he has gotten to that point of realization yet I think he's in denial
2: Ray, That's we called. really appreciate the call thanks so much. I just wanted to get a feel for what uh, the Pats people were thinking as far as you know so, what ownership and the front office may be thinking like I, I just wonder sometimes if there isn't a little bit of like well, hey <laughs> we benefited from sitting back before so why don't we just wait again and maybe you know maybe just maybe we'll get lucky I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I understand as well. And I do realize there are a lot of other needs on this team, Andy, but...
1: There's no need greater than quarterback. There simply is not. There's no more important position than quarterback. Yes, there's a risk. There's a risk in every pick you make. Everybody tells me that Bill Belichick screwed the Patriots up by taking Nikhil Harry. He wasn't a quarterback. He wasn't a top-three pick. So whatever you do, Cole Strange, you could screw it up. You... Any pick you make at any position is not safe. It could have negative ramifications for the long run. But no pick you make will have as positive a ramification as taking a franchise quarterback if you hit on it. That's just a simple fact. If you hit on the franchise quarterback, it changes everything. Um, I didn't really – he he said he wanted to be the Giants. I don't really want to be the Giants at all. Um, They blew a pick on a quarterback and aren't that good. They had a playoff season in there that they kind of stole with Brian Davel's arrival and however that went, but they've wasted picks on offensive linemen. They drafted a running back early that everybody said was stupid. Like, I'm not sure the Giants are the marquee franchise. Now, the 49ers, I'd love to be the 49ers. I think they've done a great job. They've done the impossible. They made the worst quarterback-related trade and pick in the NFL, one of the worst in history, and still went to the Super Bowl. That tells you how good they've managed – the rest of their roster in terms of draft picks and trades, and not just trades to acquire, but like a trade for DeForest Buckner. We're going to move on from him, and we're going to continue the process Mm -hmm. without him and utilize that pick. They have, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have really done a a really great job. Um,
2: And so did your boy Adam Peters so much so that he got a job running another team now because he's in charge of the commanders.
1: Yeah, I'm always I, I don't know how much Adam Peters did, quite honestly. Like, he was there and I'm, I'm sure he contributed, um, but it's the, the lead dog that gets the credit and the blame, fair or not. Um, and that's why I also would say they. Ray kept saying they, they, they think this in Foxborough, they think that. I think the they got fired. Or, excuse me, mutually oh. parted ways. I think the they is gone. <laughs> Bill Belichick was the they. Do I think the they believed that he didn't need elite quarterback play? Do I think the they refused to pay Uh, tom brady yeah there was a lot of they things happening there i think the they is now unemployed and probably listening to this show on nantucket
2: on a sunday afternoon i can't imagine there'd be anything else he'd rather do right now than tune into (laughs) fitzy and (laughs) happy hour nantucket style with fitzy and Hart. one last call before we get to the top of the hour the final hour where we promise things will get even kookier but we'll continue to take your calls and break down all things pats and boston sports daniel is in Pembroke, a town I love because it's got one of my favorite little bars and pizza places. The alumni, um, he's got a trade scenario he thinks everyone can get behind. Do tell, Daniel. Hmm, we'll see. Uh,
4: so first of all, they got to take quarterback at three. Whoever is available there, whether it's May or Daniels, I don't really care. Take one of them. But it's love the it. second round pick. I think you got to trade that. Collect a extra one. Trade with the Packers. They've got two second round picks. You give up a third round next year or something, but take the second round pick and turn that into multiple picks after you've already got your shot at quarterback.
2: Oh, so so in this draft that's receiver and tackle Rich Andy, I think that's what Daniel's getting at? Yes, that was uh,
1: Mike Cadlick did that in his most recent mock draft on WEI.com. He traded the 34th pick for, I believe, the 41st pick and picked up a pick in the 90s, so you would have... Uh, not only a, a pretty good still second round pick but now multiple third round picks in that sweet spot for maybe receivers or depth on defense whatever you want to do so yeah i don't hate that idea you get me a quarterback and you start trading to add more pieces in the middle of the draft where there is supposedly depth at tackle
2: receiver in some of those spots now i'm now i'm on board all right i now see i could get on board with that as well if because it does seem like there are a lot of You know, there are your elite receivers up top. There are the big three that are likely going to go before the 10th pick overall. Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, and, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., Maserati Marv. After that, a lot of receivers everyone's got a crush on or has heard can be a game changer or will finally give the Patriots the slot receiver or the Edelman-type guy, the third down back that they've been looking for for the longest time. Great. And, yes, like we said, Jim Nagy senior bowl this year said if you need to rebuild your offensive line this is the year that the middle round picks will help you do just that okay lfg i am all in i just need to familiarize myself with some of those names as well but trading back going quarterback and just be like nope we have been given this gift once we will never as robert Kraft has said time and again i don't ever 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 want to be back up this high you've got the gift of that if there's not someone else that you're in love with or sure can be your franchise savior under center take one of the two big guys up top rebuild a little bit later, do some chess piece maneuvering, add that to free agency, and we'll get to some of uh, some of the candidates that are out there. Chess tag, which comes up momentarily here. It starts Tuesday. And maybe, just maybe, we'll start getting a clearer picture of exactly what kind of team, what kind of competitive and hopefully relevant winning football team you'll have once again in Foxborough. Fourth and final hour of Fitzy and Hart coming up. Don't you guys go anywhere.